<laughs> Gosh, John, I forget how good you are at karate. That's incredible. I know, man. I mean, it's all about the right belt. It is. Timing you know? or your leather belt. Exactly. I, I feel like maybe, is that not, that's what you meant. Not really, okay. but speaking of, oh, Dave, wow, I'm yeah, just yeah. going to try to transition to okay. save you. <laughs> Finally, Dave, Yeah. warm spring days are arriving. Oh, Am I gosh. right? Isn't it great? You know what? I need a new pair of shades that I don't have to baby. Do you know what I'm saying, John? I don't want to take care of them. Let me put them on, take them off, and not have to worry Look, about it. Hey, Dave, I know exactly Sorry. Sorry, what I didn't you mean. Sorry, I didn't mean to rant. Knock around is the solution. They've been making high-quality shades that don't break the bank okay. since 2005. Oh, wow. And they've actually been my personal go-tos for years. Oh, yeah. I love Knockaround, John. They have over 20 different frame styles, so there's something for everyone, including tons of kids' pairs. That's right. So whether you're looking to rep your favorite sports teams, mm -hmm. you know, like you're a sports guy, mm -hmm. <laughs> spend some relaxation time in the yard, yep. or cruise down Broadway with the windows down oh. like Dave does uh -huh. all the time. All the time. Every Tuesday and Thursday mm -hmm. and Saturday. Mm -hmm. Knock around. That's what you need. Yeah, yeah. All of their lenses have UV 400 protection, which is basically like sunscreen for your eyes, which, by the way, <laughs> I've tried that, and it hurts. <laughs> Use the sunglasses, everybody. With polarized adult pairs starting at 28 bucks. you can get a few pairs to leave in your car, toss in your beach bag, or lend to a friend in need. Dave, that is such a good price I that I might buy a pair just to intentionally lose them. I don't love that logic, John, but I know, you do but have a history of misplacement. It's not around Don't fight me because like of the karate stuff. But it could so. be perfect for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, Dadville fans, don't squint through family beach days yeah. or trips to the park. Check out knockaround.com and use the promo code DADVILLE15 for 15% off your order. That's DADVILLE15 for 15% off your order at knockaround.com. Yeah. Hi, I'm Dave Barnes. And I'm John McLaughlin. And welcome to Dadville. Dadville is a podcast where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of awesome dadding. It's funny thoughts and deep talks. So please, enjoy your time here in Dadville and enjoy this episode with... Michael W. Smith. Hey, Dadville listeners, you crazy cats. On every episode, you hear us share about various sponsors who partner with us to support the show. We strive to collaborate with awesome products and services that you will love. We don't want to waste your time listening to ads that aren't useful, helpful, or impactful, so we're asking for your help. That's right, Dave. So we have created a five-minute survey for you to fill out. Not you, Dave, but oh, our listeners. I will. And it's going to give us great information to make sure that our ads serve you well. Yep. Again, our listeners, not you, Dave. Okay. <sighs> and this is fun. One lucky listener will win a $250 Ooh, gift card from That Sounds Fun Network when they complete the survey. So yeah. simply visit thatsoundsfunnetwork.com now to enter. And Johnny, just to be clear, I can't enter to win that $250 gift card. Well... What if we both did? Oh, and then we could split, split it. it. Yes. Okay. Dadville merch for days. Listen, the winner will be announced Friday, February 11th over at That Sounds Fun Network Instagram. Follow at TSF Network to find out who wins. Oh, my goodness. I'm really excited about this. I want to get that out there. I just want to submit that my excitement level for this is a solid 10 out of 10. Like this is John, John. Well, and look, I, I also want to jump in here and say that yeah, go, Dave's, go. when Dave's excited, he looks excited. Yeah. Now, when I'm excited, <laughs> I look the same as I do yeah, when I'm yeah. about to fall asleep. So yeah. I just want to say for the record, yeah. I too 
I'm very, very excited. <laughs> uh, I also tend to talk really fast when I get excited, and John has already sort <laughs> I of talk warned me. When I get excited. Yeah, yeah. John gets more chill <laughs> and approachable, and I turn into like a a squirrel on crack. Um, okay, so here's here's what we we start. So so we start with the brag sheet every time, and so this is always a little awkward for our guests. And I sh I want to say it's okay if you feel like why are they making me sit while we read this? But it's so important because it's one everybody out there in Dadville gets to hear it, and two. It's just uh, it's what you brought to the world. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna read the quick. This is a quick one too. It's you know because uh, there's a lot we could say. But here it is. So Michael W. Smith, Smitty, affectionately known around Nashville, which is always when I get there with you. Uh, I mean, that's gonna be a moment for me. Uh, is an American musician who has charted in both contemporary Christian and mainstream charts. His hit "Place in This World" hit number six on the Billboard Hot 100. Over the course of his career, he has sold more than 18 million albums. That is just ridiculous to say out loud. Smith is a three-time Grammy Award winner and American Music Award recipient. Has earned 45 Dove Awards, which I assume you keep in a room called the Aviary. In 1999, ASCAP awarded him with the Golden Note Award for Lifetime Achievement in Songwriting. And in 2014, they honored him as the cornerstone of Christian music for his significant influence on the genre. He's also recorded, <laughs> I can't laugh. I mean, I cannot laugh when I read this. 31 number one, <laughs> 31, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Number one hit songs, 14 gold albums and five platinum albums. Good gracious. He also starred in two films and published 14 books, including This Is Your Time. Uh, that And also his newest book, uh, The Way of the Father, Lessons from My Dad, Truths by God, which came out in May of last year. So, okay, when you hear all of that, because that is a lot of things, right? When you hear that, what do you think? Uh, you know, I, I guess it's maybe a little hard to believe. It's almost like, who are they? Are they they're talking about somebody else a yeah. little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, because I don't, I don't thrive and do life based on all of that stuff. You know, I just, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm dad, I'm, I'm G daddy. I'm grandfather. I got 16 grandkids that call me G daddy. You know, that's so, that crazy. So, wow. And so it's, yeah. So it's kind of like, um, wow, I, could, I did all that. I did, hmm. You know, that's so. like a, a, a grandkid for every gold record. <laughs> Never thought about it that way. I love it. <laughs> that is amazing. Oh so, so the, one of the things that I have to say, so just get, if you'll give me a couple of minutes here, um, Smitty, I'm just going to call you Smitty because I want, no, that, to absolutely. Be, I want that to be I our hope, friendship. I hope I'm not going to disappoint in this interview. So, no, 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 but, no, no, yeah. no. There's you just showing up is already a win. I mean, John and right. I are right. already through there. So this is, I want to say kind of three quick things that are the, before we start this one, I mean, I, I can't really, I've thought about this a lot. I, I don't know that there is a music that is more native to my childhood in, than your music, genuinely. Like, we loved music, we listened to a lot of music. But it was by far, I was sitting here listening back to a lot of it um, before the thing, before we started, and it is crazy how much it takes me back to so many specific moments. Like, we, mom and dad had great taste in music. It's one of the greatest gifts they gave me, but your music is probably the most prevalent music of my childhood. So mm -hmm. this is a moment for me where I'm, it's a lot of, I'm doing a lot of discipline right now. I'm having a lot of, you can't say that, Dave, because nobody cares but you. And uh, it's going to be an effort in... Um, in, in being wise with my time is what this is. So I want to say that first. So this is a, I'm just thrilled. I'm through the roof about this because again, this, your music has just been so informative to, to my life Two, I don't know that you would remember this, but you, you were probably my first 
celebrity I met in Nashville. Okay, now buckle up for this story because I know this mean this meant a lot to you at the time. I could tell when we met. We were at Best Buy, probably circa 2002. I'm in there. I'm fresh to Nashville. I am excited. Dave, you're, you're working a double that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny with the singers. I love it. So I am, I'm in there as I was always there, you know, buying records and, and stuff. And, but I'm new to town and I don't know that there's ever been a more enthusiastic human being that has moved to Nashville than me. I was so excited to be here. I just graduated MTSU. I was here to start my music career and I was so excited. So I'm standing in Best Buy. I'm looking in the, in the CD rack, you know, and I look over and there you are about 10 feet to my right. And I, <laughs> I was like, okay, Lord, this is purpose. This is, you have made this moment. And I appreciate that because this is the beginning of the rest of my life. And I am, you know, what's funny is I bet you really were thinking oh, that. I mean, when no you doubt. moved to Nashville, no and doubt. then you're like, okay, there's yeah. Michael W. Smith. Here I'm going to say, all happening. I'm just going to talk to him and he's going to hear, I'd love to hear your singing voice. Like just the way you speak, <laughs> the way you speak. So, and so I turn and I am so nervous and so excited. And I remember I just start talking. I just kind of walk. I was like, Hey, I'm so sorry to bother you. And you were so kind. You turned out. And I just, I don't even know what I said. I'm, it may have, I may have spoken tongues. It could have been Hebrew. It could have been scripture. I just, I just said some things. And I was like, you know, I'm a musician. I moved here and I'm so, and I talked for probably like two minutes. And I remember like came up for breath and I stopped and you're like, that's great. Tell me your name. And I was like, Oh yeah, I should start, I should start over. <laughs> <laughs> so I told you my name and you were just so kind. And this is, this is really kind of pre like take a selfie. So, which I would have done immediately. I'd have probably done like weird pictures while you didn't know I was looking, but, uh, but you were just so kind and we talked for a minute and you left. And I remember thinking like, this is it. Phone's going to ring probably in the next hour or two, um, <laughs> you know, but that was like oh, probably like my first moment i remember calling mom and dad it was like oh my gosh this is this is the thing and so uh and i've had a million of those i've had so many random uh fun encounters but that was like the maiden voyage of like i'm here this is it this is a sign from god this is the olive branch to show me this is the beginning of the rest of my life and then three what i this is more of a warning um it, I have a couple of music questions that I may ask. I'm not promising that, but they just may sporadically come. And we, you may be in the middle of telling us about your new book or explaining what it's like to be a dad. And I may just have to ask about some things. And, and that's great. And we're just going to move quickly through those. And that's just because uh, I will be very sad to hang up this call and not know that uh, I, I could have expressed to you how much I need to know this question or you know, those kind of things. And John may also pipe in. So I just want to warn you, it's, it's, Great. it's going to feel un, like it's accidental, but there is some purpose in our, in me having to ask some of these music questions I've always asked, but all that to say, so thrilled that you were on. I yeah. mean, we are just thank elated you. that you, that you're hanging with us today. So thank you. Yeah. And I'm so looking forward to the next three, four hours here. So, <laughs> Well, let me, let, I mean, yeah, Dave, yeah. Dave and I, <clears throat> Dave and I have been talking about this for, you know, for a little while and we got together this morning and, and kind of went through, you know, the 500 questions and narrowed it down <laughs> to 450. But, um, and this, I, 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 I want to acknowledge that this first question is ridiculous, but I just, I want to ask it, you know, you, you have had a career that has spanned my entire lifetime, which is insane. I mean, it's a miracle in and of itself just to have a musical career and make a living in this business, let alone all the success that Dave mm -hmm. read. 
how how do you how would you sum up your career? Which again, I I know that's a ridiculous question, but I just want to ask it. How would you sum it up? Wow. <clears throat> I'm not sure how I would sum it up. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm still going, you know, we're still, mm. still moving forward. Um, mm. I, I think if there's anything that I'm proud is not the word, but may, maybe the, my greatest achievement is I've survived success. Oh, right. Right. Love that. Um, yeah. which is difficult to do, um, mm-hmm. on many levels, you know, so, you know, the temptations and the, you know, all the demands on your life, you know, we've obviously watched this whole thing evolve over the last, for me, almost four decades, actually. Right. It started re- making my record, first record in September, uh, August and September of 1982. And here we are in 2022. So it's kind of insane to think about that. But right. um, I'm not sure that's the answer for summing it up, but um, mm. I've just kind of taken one day at a time and, and was grateful that, oh my gosh, I got to do a record and if I never get to do another one again that my dream came true in mm. 1982 and here I am what 35 or 36 record records later I mean it's just, oh my it's God. Kind is of, that kind of, right 35 or 36 well I think records. if you count all I mean if you count the Christmas records and you count the best Jeez. of the right. instrument, instrumental records which I've loved doing and and uh Cracker Barrel you know did some <laughs> ham records <laughs> <laughs> Which was fun, you know, which was, that was, that yeah, was a bit yeah. of my childhood, being able to yeah. re-sing those songs that I grew up singing yeah. in my church, so. Yeah. You know, that first record that you were making in, in 82, if you were like sitting down in your studio right now with that Michael W. Smith, what do you, th- how do you think that conversation would go? Like, what do, what do you think the things that, what would you tell yourself and what would your... 1982 self disagree with 2022. Yeah. Michael w. Smith <laughs> well, I, pro- I probably talking to myself back then would probably not even get a word in <laughs> right, uh, right. because I was, like, <laughs> I was just so hyper. And I want this record. It's got to sound like Toto. It's got to sound like Toto. It's got to like Toto. <laughs> we got to get Jack Joseph Puig. And blah, blah, blah. I was just like, I was out of control, you know, yeah. just completely out of control. And if I <laughs> did get weird. a word in edgewise, I would say, hey, hey, can I just have five seconds? Yeah. It's uh-huh. not about you. Wow. It's wow. Not about, and, you know, you just, you, you know, yeah, that's probably as I've learned and grown and mm. hopefully gotten a little wiser, you realize it's really not about you. So the fun part of my job, well, I, I love what I do, but the fun part of it is, is the, um, is the platform that you have to, you have these opportunities to kind of change the world, you know, mm-hmm. relationally, whether that's with Bono or, you know, Rocket Town down in mm. Nashville, just all these little things that you get to do that, yeah. that can make somebody's life better, give somebody an opportunity. But that's what I love about the success, really, probably more than anything. Dave. Yes. Yeah. Wait. No, you're right. That's Okay, it felt okay. like a question. Is it a statement? No, it's just like, I was just saying like, Dave. Oh, you okay. Know? Okay, John. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Sorry. You know, our next partner has a product that my family and I use every single tell, day. Tell me more. Okay, I'm listening. Look, yeah, I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to start eating healthier. I wanted to be healthy in my mm. body. You yes, know what I mean? I feel that. Did you know this, John? Athletic Greens AG1 formula makes creating healthy habits and doing just that almost too easy, John. That's it's, my one complaint. It's the lowest hanging fruit. It's almost too easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Did you know okay. that there are 75 quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens Ugh. in just one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens? I did would, you know that? I, did, I Honestly, I did. Yeah. I did know that. Here's the other thing. First thing every morning after sauntering from my bed to the kitchen, you know my little gate that I do down. It's it's a, well, it's a lot of hips. Videos. It's a lot of hips. I add one scoop of the AG1 formula to a cold glass of water, John. <laughs> I'm crazy like that. <laughs> I will do it. I'll do it in front of anybody. I don't care. Well, I do the same thing, and you know oh, okay. why? Because right. it's amazing. Yep. And it's amazing how much that one scoop yep. supports better sleep quality. Dave, I just showed you, you on did. my phone how well I slept last night. Getting braggy, Thanks John. to AG1. Getting braggy. And it helps with recovery. Yeah, I know. And it even helps with mental health clarity and alertness, too. I know. you are. Your eyes today are clear, and you've been staring a hole through the back of my <laughs> head as we're recording this. I especially love the price point, too, John. For yep. less than $3 a day, you can invest in your health. That's cheaper than your cold brew habit, and you got that. Don't Way lie to me. Cheaper, way cheaper. So as we head into cold and flu season, there is no better time than the present to Mm -hmm. reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Listen, you can ditch the millions of different pills and supplements. All it takes is one scoop of Athletic Greens mixed into a glass of water every day. That's That's it, it. John. That's all all they ask. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune support, vitamin D, and five free travel packs. So you can go five different places and have a travel pack each time (laughs) with your first purchase. They could have given you three, but they said five is better for you. Okay. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash dadville. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash dadville to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I feel like uh, there's a real consistent thing that I find when I talk to friends who have done this for a while, meaning music, um, as artists specifically. I always feel like you know when someone has sort of hit a certain point of maturity when they realize that what we do really is service. Because I think it's so hard for so long as an artist to really understand that. Because I think you sort of think, oh, I know it is, but I'm going to do my thing and play the songs and hey, and wave and do the thing. But I do think there is a season that you get to, if you get to do it long enough, that you sort of go, oh, yeah, like I, this seems to work the best for how my soul is and also with how it resonates with people when I'm really trying to give them something that, um, that makes them better, that, that makes them feel something instead of, you know, the sort of staring at yourself going, you know, this is what I want to do. And this, you know, which it takes a little bit of both. Cause you know, you have to create that way a little bit, but, um, that's encouraging to hear you say that. Do you, do you feel as you were talking about success or this is always something that I'm so fascinated by with people who've had a lot of success. Um, can you sort of speak more to that? Like what does that look like as your, um, you know, one, I think as you started to have it, how did you deal with it? Did you have a system in place? Did you have people around you that were helping with that? And then ha- having it for so long, I mean, that's that's something that, again, is such an anomaly to your career, someone that's been able to do this for decades. Um, you know, how have you, it, it, what would you say that you've learned about it? Like, what are the things in retrospect and that you even deal with now that are, you know, that you go, man, I just didn't know that before this worked real well? Yeah. Well, I think the thing that's, has been the greatest um, source of um, keeping my head together. It's just uh, this amazing woman that I married mm-hmm. 40 years ago, you know, yeah. and, um, and we just celebrated four years of marriage and she's just incredible. And then we just had this group of people. We've had this, we call it the prayer group and we've, mm. 
we've walked life together for 34, 35 years, you know, Jeez. and so just Jeez. having this sort of tribe or whatever you want to call it, you know, just, you know, like if I got the big head or whatever, you know, they, they would probably come up and just say, dude, snap out of it, you know? Mm, um, yeah. And then I think on a personal level, as you do get older, I'm having a blast and, you know, I, I kind of feel like my best work is yet to come, mm-hmm. but, and I'm optimistic about all that, but I'm kind of like, I really don't care what people think. Yeah. 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 I don't really care. And so I, I have to make sure that I don't start comparing myself. Hmm. Uh, oh gosh, this, this guy's selling out arenas. Well, what happened to me? I used to sell out arenas. I don't sell hmm. out arenas anymore. It's like you, if you start going, going down that road and, and start looking at what all these other people are doing, then you start trying to compete with that. And, and I'm going, totally. oh gosh, it's a mis- that's a miserable life, you know? So yeah. I sort of kind of tuning all that out and, just follow my heart. You know, I was yeah. actually on the phone with Bob Ezrin, who's a, a, a mm-hmm. sort of a legendary producer and he's, mm-hmm. he's out doing, producing you too. And, and I just said, he, he's so funny with the thing he said to me, I said, I'm just trying to find what, what my next assignment is. He says, mm-hmm. he says, bro, you graduated. Go have, <laughs> go have fun. Go make a poker record. You can <laughs> go to Mongolia. You know, it's like, go to Paris, enter the Paris music scene. It's like, and there was a part of me going, that's crazy. But there was a part that was going, you know what? That really sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So well, I yeah. do wonder, is there some part of you that when he says, bro, you graduated, is there any part of you that, that recognizes that, that feels that, or are you always feeling like you're in, you know, mid semester? Well, I think that I need, there, there's a balance here, but I think I've, I, I think I need to learn to enjoy mm the success yeah versus me just going oh i gotta go to the next thing i gotta go to the next yeah, thing right. i gotta find yeah. it and you're and you and i think that was the point bob was trying to make which actually really set my mind at ease a little bit just going you know just take a deep breath and just thank god man this is what a run this has been and enjoy mm-hmm. it uh at the same time i'm i'm excited about this crazy stuff i'm writing again you know but i'm yeah. not it's not um there's a real peace here. I'm not driven like I used to be driven, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. but, but in terms of have I graduated, I'm not sure I agree with Bob that I've graduated. Right. Right. Um, well, right. it's tricky. Cause you don't, if you fully believe that, I kind of feel like if you fully believe that, then it's like, well, then I'm going to lose whatever the fire is. That right. Gets anything done. You know? Yeah. No, it was a good point. It was a good point. And I, and I, and I took it at heart. It kind of, yeah. and that was, that was three, four days ago, and I've, I've found myself going, uh, yeah, I just have a little bit of a different outlook on it now, but it's good. No. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Aging, aging as an artist is, I think, there are a few things that I think about more um, than that, because I think being 43, obviously, I think, and I know John feels this way about his music, like, we still love doing music. We want to keep doing music. We want to keep playing music. But it is weird. It, it's I don't feel like there's a real great... Um, well-worn path for any of us no matter what age you are because i think one music the economy has changed so much in the last 20 years so even if there was one it's not there anymore but i think it's just hard to have conversations around like hey i'm kind of feeling this way is that normal and it's so encouraging to hear you say that because i think Mm -hmm. it does give a little bit of a sense of like no man i still i want to write songs i want to still create it you know have I graduated in some ways? Maybe. And I mean, I feel that even at 43, truthfully, I think if 
I was on the phone with him and he said that to me, some of that would even resonate just 20 years in going, yeah, because you know, there's some 20 year old kid who's out there just doing the thing. And when I meet him, it's like, Oh, you're my dad's age. And I'm like, <laughs> and the little tears slowly flow <laughs> down my face. But you know, so, so it, it is encouraging to hear that because you know, I've been on this huge Beatles and Paul McCartney deep dive. And it's just so cool to see that Paul is still creating, you know, like if anybody's got a, a right to be like, yeah, I'm good. Like that dude right. does, but that yeah. he's still so amused and so fun and so encouraging. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's really refreshing for me to hear you say that because I think, um, it's just, it's what we do is really bizarre. It's a really bizarre living. And you know, I was going to say too, earlier point, and I think that's one of the things that I have so much respect for you and how you've conducted your career is, and, and we had Shay from Dan and Shay on, and Shay was saying this too, like, you know, our, our we're set up. So we're set up to lose and win in a lot of ways, but I think particularly lose it so many people in your life that you work with are, are um, sort of being employed to be yes people. They, they want you to thrive, so they're just gonna, yeah, we can do that, what do you need? We'll do that, and you should go do this and take some time and do your thing. Like, whatever I can get you to function at maximum capacity, I'm gonna encourage that, yeah. because that that gets me paid, you know? And, and that's good and bad and a million things, but I think it takes a lot of discipline for artists to have um, people around them that are also one, your spouse that can look at you and be like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> like that's, a, that's the dumbest thing I've heard. But, but also to, you know, one, have a community, which, which is so encouraging to hear you talk about, but, but to also just have even your team be able to sometimes be like, yeah, you need a break. Well, let's take a break. Or, you know, I think it's, it's, we're not really set up to win that way. A lot of times I think they're going to, they're going to drive that car as hard and fast as they can drive the car. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, I think it's, it takes a lot of, um, it takes a lot of wherewithal and I think a lot of discipline for someone like you to go, I need people around me that are going to look at me in the eyes and be like, Hey, I, I see that your song is killing it. And you just did good morning America and everybody, but you know, Hey, like, how are you? Let's square up and tell me how everything's going. Are you starting to believe the hype? Do we need to talk about that? Like, you know, it, it's cause your spouse can only do so much before you need somebody else sitting with you and going like, yeah. you know, we got to pull your feet back to the ground. Right. I agree. You know, and especially, and especially, John and I talked about this too. I'd I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but especially in the Christian space, because boy, that to me is ever much more tricky because Mm -hmm. you're navigating not just, you know, what that's doing, but also Christendom and all these weird. We're always trying to, you know, king somebody new. You know, we're looking for the next uh, Saul or David or whoever. And so I think I can't imagine in the infancy of your career, especially as your star is starting to rise, that there was a lot of people sort of trying to, we found him, you know, and then you're having to do all that work of like, no, or maybe, I don't know, you may be right. That is a great, no, no, it's not. You know, like, was that, what is it like in that space to do that? Because it's one thing to be in the mainstream doing it, but man, I would think even more tricky in a, in a space where it's in the church and it's with Christians that are listening and you know, there's all these weird rules or expectations or you're the next prophet, like give us a word, you know. Mm. Um, what was that like? Well, I, you know, I, I can probably honestly say for the most part, I just didn't go there. I mean, I, I really mm. never, I, I never really set out to make a Christian record, really. Yeah. I, yeah. Mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I just never, you know, listen to those old Elton John records and, mm. and, uh, and then buying that first Maranatha record from California with all these people with long hair yeah, yeah, singing yeah. about Jesus. And I'm going, man, that's what I want to do. Yeah, but I want to, yeah. but I want to write these pop songs. And yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So, so, so it was really never, I was, I was not really setting out to, to make a 
quote unquote gospel. Right, record. right, right. I just want right, to make right, music. Right, you know? right, right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then so nobody would sign me. And, you know, my managers who were managing Amy at that point just went and started a record company. So I ended up being on that label, you know. So I still have a, there's still, a, you know, I, I, I don't like being labeled. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, am I a gospel artist? Yeah. To some, I am. Am I a pop artist? To some, I am. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. guy writes instrumental records. He scores films. Right. Well, right. Right. I'm, I'm a lot of things, you know. So, right. but I don't like being labeled. Yep. Yeah. So, well, you, I think you're in Amy's careers, both to me is all uh, Amy Grant. Uh, I've always felt this way. It feels like the records always felt like somebody's making music. Like, this is what I mm-hmm. want to say. And this song, it's going to be about this. And then that song is going to be about that. They never, ever, ever, I don't, I felt like this is the intent of the record on the whole. Right. Like, you know, and so I think that's something that I, and I think because you, you guys were at the forefront of that, it's like the industry sort of bent around y'all, you know, it sort of came to y'all and went, we have to create a space for this where I'm like, I wonder what would have happened if they hadn't, you know, because I think it would have been interpreted in such a different way because, you know, I was telling John this before, which music geek moment, but your pop songwriting sensibilities are just so intensely good. Like it's really like going back and listening to all of your records. It's so clear that you have a very real ability to write memorable music that is not just palatable, but it's also very musically like rich and intense and lots of chords. So it's not just like, you know, good old guitar guys with the one, four, five, you know, it's really, it's a lot of key changes. It's really cool melodies. And so it's some part of me sometimes grieves that, you had to take on that moniker because it's so accessible. And I love that you had, you've had and have so much success in the mainstream because it absolutely should be there. And so it, it's interesting to see in y'all's careers, how the industry sort of like grew up around you. You didn't go to it. You know what I mean? It's like they Mm -hmm. sort of started building it around what y'all were doing because it was just a little more easy for people to go, Oh, it's this when I'm like, you know, the stuff is just good. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, the, the music has just always been really compelling, which you know, I think there's some CCM music that that's not necessarily the case. You know, it's going to yeah. thrive because of what it's called. And I think y'all have always been so good at just making great music, you know? Well, thank um, you. Yeah. 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 I, I have a uh, kind of a random uh, music live performing question that I want to, I, I don't want to uh, skip. So I love playing live. It's, it's, I, you know, I like writing songs. I record them because you have to. Some people love the studio. I'm just like, uh, but playing live is my favorite, favorite thing in the world. I could be playing to like five people in a parking lot or, you know, an arena or whatever. And I'm curious, what is it when, when you're on stage? I know what this is for me. What is it for you that has to happen so that you know, like you kind of like breathe a sigh of relief and be like, okay, I just made my first shot. Like I can kind of relax. Like I, now I know the show's <laughs> going well. Question. You know what I mean? <laughs> like for me, I have to, it has nothing to do with the music. I mean, obviously if something, if I'm playing terribly or if I'm singing poorly or my ears are bad or whatever, that's going to affect the show. But, but for the most part, all that stuff, you know, is a well-oiled machine. And then, I need to connect with the audience. I need to make them laugh. If I make them laugh, then it's like, okay, the show can start. Now I'm, now I'm relaxed. Like what, what is that for you? Do you have something like that that you kind of gauge the show by? You know what? I think it's just showing up, you know, Mm. you you walk, 
you walk out to that, you just walk out and you watch people respond and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, I, and I feel grateful. Gosh, they showed up, they paid money for a ticket and they're like excited going, and I just smile and I wave at them and going, you know what, it's going to be a good night. I just, I just already know, you know, Mm -hmm. unless you're walking into a very weird, unique situation where you're, you know, some guest artist at a, some weird political event or something, you know, or something like that where <laughs> right. people don't even right. know who you are. You know, those are always, yeah. you're describing always, my career. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that, but no, I think it's just walking out, you know, the first yeah. time you put your hands on the keyboard and going, man, this is what I'm made for. And, mm-hmm. and then you can already just tell when the, you start singing these songs and kind of like what you said, Dave, you just almost see in their eyes, they go back and went, oh my yeah, gosh, yeah. I know exactly where I was <laughs> yeah. when I heard that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Kind of fun. Yeah. John. Dave. John. Yeah, Dave. Okay, there you are. Sorry, I was trying to follow your voice. No, I was right here the whole time. Yeah, no, you're right. I'll open my eyes. You know what they always say, John? Like, what, what do they always say? Oh, they always say, you never know yeah. what you have till it's gone. Okay, yes. You know? What's the, but... I, what's the thing? Oh, Obviously, you're talking yeah. about new year, new checking account with no monthly fees. There you go. Get yeah. out of my brain, butter. You're swimming in it, okay? Yeah. Exactly. There's no better way to kick off 2022 than by upgrading your banking, okay? And Dave, did you know that Chime is an award-winning app and debit card that has no, listen to this, no overdraft fees? D- don't say it. Don't say it. No this. foreign transaction no, fees. No. You hate those. Ugh. No monthly fees don't or say service, service fees. fees. Gosh, they give and they give. And with 60,000, you heard that, John. 60,000. That's 60,000 more than are in my house. Fee-free in-network ATMs across the country. And in most Walgreens, 7-Eleven, and CVS locations, you can access your money when you need it, where you need it. So make the first good decision of your new year mm-hmm. and join the over 10 million Ooh. people using China. Sign up takes only two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at chime.com slash dadville. That's chime.com slash dadville. Banking services provided by a debit card issued by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC get fee-free transactions at MoneyPass ATM in a 7-Eleven location and at any AllPoint or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. Otherwise, out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Sometimes pay anyone instant transfers can be delayed. The recipient must be a valid debit card or be a Chime member to claim funds. You know, this morning, my wife, Amy, and I, you know, we're just binging your music and as you're saying just like you're saying like going back in time and she she was like please we dropped her kids off at school and we're driving back to the house and she's like will you please i i she's never done this before she's like will you please mention that my sixth grade teacher miss callie would play michael w smith's records in school every day (laughs) and she's like it made such an impact on me you were her first concert that she ever went to wow I remember in, um, so shout out to Miss Callie. Uh, I remember in, as a kid listening to your music and there was a, and I'm, you know, I'm a piano player. So I, all that, all those changes, all that kind of stuff, I was just so into. And you had this one song, it's one of the trilogy songs where you, you said Nietzsche, right? You said like, God is not dead as Nietzsche said. Yeah. And I remember. Angels unaware. Yes. Yeah. And I remember feeling so smart feeling like I had to look it up. I don't I didn't know what that was, obviously, you know, and I'm like, man, I'm really listening to some highbrow music here. <laughs> Nietzsche over that uh, chord. Come on. I love that. 
<laughs> yeah. I would, now that we've done this, before we transition to the next little section, I want to just, I'm going to give you two of these music thoughts that I have. Listening back, and I am sure, is, I wrote this down, is still a jam. It is a jam. That chorus is a kid, say it slaps, Smitty. It, I, <laughs> oh my, and that pre, don't get me started on that pre. And the post, the whole thing is amazing. Also, <laughs> here's here's another comment I have to say. Old Enough to Know and Hand of Providence are still two of the greatest intros in all time of any music of all time. Wow. I'm, I'm coming in real hot on those. That's and I mean crazy. that from the bottom of my heart. We're, this wow. is about to be the, the rest of the interview. Oh, God, I know. I got to stop I told right Dave, there, if, if the phrase baseline comes out of his It's about his, to happen in a little while. Like we're the, not going to do that. The podcast uh, is over. You mentioned this before, but you know, you, you've been married now for... 40 plus years is that right 40 yep jeez which is crazy and anyway so it's it's a challenge already you know as it is and you've been in the public eye you know that whole time which you know brings its own set of challenges um how would you sum up your marriage and and why um you know you've been able you guys have been able to navigate all the um ups and downs and not and just kids too all the kids you've had and now you're 327 grandkids, 28 grandkids. Um, you know, how, how, how do you think about that now? Like, how, how do you, I think we're still together because we made a bunch of rules. Um, wow. We, um, when the whole thing kicked off with Amy and back in the day, gosh, it was exploding in the eighties and, and then you were just sort of watching families falling apart, you know, mm-hmm. not only in our world, but in Hollywood and all, all, all that, you know, I remember we sat down and talked about it, and I just said, you know, there's probably a, more of a chance of us being a casualty than not. Mm. And I vow to you that we will never be a casualty, and we're going to mm. make some rules. And I said, I'll never be away from you and the kids for more than two weeks, ever. Wow. So I made the two-week rule. Even if I had to cross the pond and come back, I was never away from my family more than two weeks. Wow. And, yeah. That was a rule. Uh, I, I'd take sabbaticals. I'd mm. take a six-month sabbatical and be just stay home. And how, how often would you do that? Um, every year and a half, something like wow. that. Yeah, something wow. like that. Maybe two years, but it, and then I had a plane, and I don't like to talk about that. But I mean, whatever. I just, I just, I thought I've got to get home to my family for thirteen years. I just maybe I do three in a row, and I later walk off stage. I'm on a plane. I'm laying at midnight, and I'm driving carpool at seven twenty. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I did that for thirteen years, and so wow. just, just. I've just got to be, be, I have to be with my kids in the midst of me being this guy traveling all around the world, singing yeah. and, uh, and being away for a week, sometimes being away for 13 days and going, all you wanted to do when you got home was just, just all about family. It's all about yeah. family. Wow. Yeah. And they wow. came out on the road and we took them, you know, we took them, we took a couple of our girls, you know, all around the world in mm. Malaysia. And that was fun, you know, and, mm. but it's, it's really been, the whole thing has just been family first, really. And I think that's what has held it together. As I mentioned before, I married this extraordinary woman. I mean, mm-hmm. who's just, she's a dream. I mean, I could have married a hag. I could have married somebody <laughs> awful. And I say that to her and she said, well, so I could have married somebody like that too. <laughs> uh, but, you know, she's just got it dialed in and she's, yeah, she's and she loves me well, and I'm just left mm. sitting and go, man, how did I ever just get this fortunate? I mean, I'm just yeah. like, thank God every day, going, God, mm. thank you, because I don't, I just don't think I would be, I wouldn't be here having this conversation, mm. really, if it hadn't been for her. 
Well, two, I can't imagine what it's like. I mean, and thankfully John and I have wives like this too, but you get to grow together in it, you know, yeah. like you guys, which is fun, me, which is really fun. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. you're both learning real time. You know, it's mm -hmm. not something where you're sort of into a career and kind of welcoming her into everything that's happening. You guys are making choices together as it grows, which has got to be really helpful too. Yeah, yeah definitely. So how, how old were you when you guys first had your first kid and how long had you guys been married ryan who's my filmmaker in the middle of making a film right now which is awesome he's 38 so he came he ryan came almost two years to the day he was born september 3rd almost two years after we got married my oh, wife was oh, wow. never supposed to have kids we were never supposed to have kids it's not that's a whole crazy story too of just wow you know you know she had anorexia when she was in high school and mm. it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a crazy story but the, the short story is we yeah we, we, and i knew that when i married her you know so we ended up wow we're going to go to vanderbilt do all these tests and we we ended up having some elders at belmont we, with the belmont church on music row and and I remember Don Finto saying, "Hey, you know, we'd never prayed for her. We should never actually. We should just lay hands on you guys and pray for you." And holy cow! And um, yeah, they laid hands. I didn't know I was going to have oil poured poured over my head as well. It was this intense? It was like one of those intense kind of things. Like, God, what 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 just happened in there? I remember Deborah wow. walked out on the corner, and so three months later, she's pregnant. You know. So, wow. Gracious. And then they just kept coming and they just kept coming. They kept coming. They're like, oh, we used the wrong oil. <laughs> that was the, uh... I remember being, we were out in our place in Colorado. I remember that she, Deb walked up and she went and got this test. And all of a sudden she, she just looks at me. She's got big tears coming wow. down her face. And I, and I went, oh my gosh, you, you got to be kidding. We're, we have number five coming. Oh my and I remember I, I got, I was in the hot tub. I went out and I, I called Belmont Church. I got this, I think her name was Dorothy. <laughs> and uh, she said, hi, Michael, what can I do for you? So she was the head of the prayer department. I said, Dorothy, I'll tell you what you can do for me. You take us off the dang prayer list right now. Because <laughs> we got number five coming. We are done. That's a true story. We need to change the prayers. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. And so, you know what? When your kids are good, you're good. You know, mm. and we obviously, yeah. nobody ever fell off the cliff, but, you know, there were some battles and there were some mm. tough times and the girls hiding in their rooms and just, mm. you know, just that whole yeah. teenage thing. And, yeah. but boy, we prayed them through it and, the, and they're, they're all doing really well. So that kind of makes life really rich for us, especially all these grandkids running around everywhere. This, yeah. And there's five, so y'all the, end up, did y'all have five total? Five, five children. So they six, took you off the list and it worked. 16 grandkids. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. It's, that it's is called amazing. A, it's called the beautiful chaos when they come over. It's, <laughs> yeah. pretty, it's pretty awesome. So that that's actually that was one of the questions that we wanted to ask. Like, I mean, on on it's so funny. Like on so many fronts, you you have won at the things that Dave and I are are, are battling right yes, now. That's you know, right. like that's career, right. marriage. Give us all your wisdom. kids. <laughs> but I, I'm wondering, you know, because I have I have two girls, nine and six. And, you know, we're already, you know, you say like the girls locking themselves in the room, like, bro, we're there. I, I am there. <laughs> and I'm wondering, like, what were some of the, you know, what were some of the challenges? Did it kind of run that, that sort of like stereotypical mold that we kind of are told as like, you know, when they're, when they're babies, you're going to be exhausted and that's the challenge. And then when they're teenagers, it's emotionally exhausting. You know, did, did it kind of yeah. run that, that route? Yeah, it did. And I think 
well, obviously, it was really completely different back then than it is now with the, the right. challenges and social media and yeah. all oh, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, you yeah. really, I mean, it's a whole other level of protecting your kids. But yeah. I think you choose your you choose your battles wisely, and you. I think for us, we're going. I think we just have to be honest. And if we blew it, then we you just have to tell your kid. You know what? I blew it. I should never said that. Wow. You know, just this yeah. really open dialogue of just just staying friends with your kids yeah, mm-hmm. and being friends instead of just being discipl- disciplinary all the time. There's got to mm. be this whole thing where you can really have a I love cool that. friendship. Even as mm-hmm. teenagers, I had yeah. some really, there was a, it was a, some of the most wonderful times with my kids for the most part, you know, mm-hmm. especially the boys, you know, but you just, you do, you stay in their lives yeah, it's all about communication, really. I mean, mm-hmm. just just communicate, communicate. Overstate it. Even with your wife, you communicate, communicate. You yeah. stop communicating, you get in a fight. If you stop communicating, it kind of starts to do this and starts to get right. And all of a sudden, you're you've got this wide gap, and it's like then you then it's like it gets tough, you know. So to, yeah. to me, it was all about communication with Debbie and with the kids, and mm. it obviously paid off with a lot of prayer mm-hmm. as well. Mm. When you look back, like, is there anything that, uh, like, I'm sure there's a million of these, but like, what are some of the things that you know now that you didn't know then about being a dad? Well, I mean, I think I would probably listen a little bit better, you know? Mm. Um, sometimes I think we guys as dads think we got all the answers and, Mm. and, uh, that wasn't the case. Um, (laughs) you found that to not be true. Uh, yeah, just to probably, I, could, I probably could have added a, a few more doses of humility, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for the kids. To them, yeah. Right? Yeah, for them. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I think, yeah, and, yeah, I, gosh, I, I know I I know I blew it on on a lot of levels, but um, I'm just grateful that I never lost my, I just knew what was at stake, even though in the midst of my weakness and all the stuff that we all deal with on a daily mm. basis and this fight that we have to tr- yeah. sort of keep our heads in the game and stay humble and don't look at things you shouldn't look at and all these, you know, the, the, the daily thing, I never lost my love for my family. And, mm. um, and cause I knew even then, and I know even more now today, God, it's too late. That's the, that's the last thing you, you want to happen. You yeah. Know? So you yeah. just do everything, everything yeah. in your power to make sure that thing stays intact on this crazy journey of raising kids. So. You, you've kind of spoken to this, and this is a little bit of a selfish question, but you've kind of spoken to this a little bit earlier, but what were some of the things that were especially um, particular to you being in music? And this is, again, I'm sort of asking for John and I, but like, you know, was there any, and, and again, I know you said there was the intentionality piece and the discipline of having some rules around what you did, but, you know, as you think back as being a musician and, and someone um, that people recognize or you're on stage, which is, you know, I, I've said this a million times in the podcast, but like my kids are obsessed right now with wondering if I'm more famous than the person that's on the radio, which is pretty much 98% of the time. <laughs> yes. Um, and it's only oh. the 2% because of the DJs and that's not even always true, but you know, <laughs> You know, there's just quirks to having kids that have a dad that's doing what we do, right? right? And and obviously, there's different levels to how everybody's career looks as an artist. But 
you know, were there things that you felt um, you had to pay a special attention to in that space? You know, be it that they see you up there and then all of a sudden you're putting them to bed or they have friends that come over and, you know, you know, and, oh, you know, you know, was there anything that you got that you and Debbie had to sort of keep a little bit of an eye on that maybe, you know, that may be particular to what we do? Yeah. You know what? I just, I refuse to be that guy (laughs) at home. Like yeah, it, you yeah. didn't wait till they brought their kids up and all of a sudden you're on the piano. Oh, guys, I don't know if you heard a little bit of a new. <laughs> you may have just heard this on the radio. <laughs> you know, those are things I didn't do. You know, yeah, and, right, I, right, and I was right. just like, and my kids go, well, that's just my dad. Yeah, right. That's yeah. just dad. And so yeah. I would, at home, there was there was very little mention of, oh, gosh, I'm going to be on Jay Leno or I'm going to go. Right, do right, that. right. I, right, didn't, right. I didn't want to talk about any of that stuff. And I, I just didn't. I mean, wow, I, right. I ended up, we'd go over and, play and then my kids would start playing but it was never like it was never like the michael w smith the artist it was, it was always, yeah. yeah it was yeah. it was it was dad i was just it's dad i'm dad hey dave hey john hey 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 did you know that this podcast is sponsored by better help online therapy i did and you know what we talk about better help a lot on the show and this month we're discussing some of the stigmas around mental health You know, some people hesitate to go to therapy, but going to therapy does not mean there's something wrong with you. It means that you recognize that all humans have emotions and we need to learn to control them, not avoid them. You know, what's truly crazy is that we have been taught that mental health shouldn't be a part of our normal life, but that's wrong. We take care of our bodies with the gym, the doctor, and nutrition. We should be focusing on our minds just as much. That's right. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and BetterHelp will match you with a therapist in under 48 hours. So give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Dadville listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com Dadville. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash dadville. So this is a selfish question because you mentioned you being at the piano with your kids. And I started taking piano lessons when I was four, which I think is too young. That's too young. But because I only I only say that because I wanted to quit from like four and a half to, you know, 17 (laughs) and praise God, my my parents kept me in. So now my my kids, you know, we have piano in the house and they, you know, go up and play it and they're writing these little songs and I just want it to be in their life. But of course, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I would love if they played. I would Mm -hmm. I would love it. They don't have to play, but. Piano is such just sitting down at the piano for no one is such an important part of my life Hmm. that I want them to have that, whatever that is, but it could be piano, you know, what, what was that like for you with your kids? Like, did you have any Hmm. part of you that was like, I would love for them to take up the family business here and (laughs) let's get them some lessons. Just, you know, how did you do that? Cause I'm trying to figure out, what my role is with that right now. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't pressure your kids into doing it. I, mm. I, I never, matter of fact, I thought I would probably rather my kids not follow in my footsteps, honestly. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause it's, it is a bit of a hard life. Yeah. On some yeah. level, but, and so whatever God called them to do, I'm going to support you and whatever you, right. and I would always tell them, I just want you to do what God called you to do. And then lo and behold, 
you know, I've got filmmakers and people who write musicals. I've got Tyler mm. scoring films. I mean, they're all mm. like doing this crazy, <laughs> crazy <laughs> creative stuff. Yeah. But I didn't, I, I never pushed that on them. Matter of fact, if anything, I just pulled back and then I would, you know, and then I would get, gosh, just remember the days I'd walk, I'd hear somebody playing, it's Tyler. And I'm going, my gosh, that guy plays better than I do. And I'm just wow. kind of would mm-hmm. peek around the corner and go, man, that's unbelievable. You know, and then, you know, Ryan, this kid with a little video camera making movies his whole childhood life. And I'm going, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, that kid's going to make movies one day. And he's, yeah. he's directed a movie. You know, it's like, yeah. so you just let them find their way. And when they do find their way, then you go cheer them on. Yeah. 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 You know, it's funny. You wrote a song about that called Help You Find Your Way. So I love that you're self-quoting. Um, do, do you, what a great song, by the way. Uh, you just also made my day in those two seconds. So so question, did you, did, and this, this is just a funny sort of side question. Do you ever play stuff for them now that they're grown? Like, do you ever pick their brains on stuff? Like if you're working on something with, do you ever find yourself kind of going like, hey, do you, what do you think of this? Yeah, I do. From time to time I do, especially so like cool. Anna, because she's writing a musical and I'm helping her write this other musicals she's working on, you know, so we, we go back and forth with that. And when Tyler's orchestrating some stuff for me, you know, I sort of ask what he, what, what, what do you think? You know, cause I'd like to know mm-hmm. what he thinks. Oh, you know? I love that what would so you much. do? What yeah. would you do? I'm going to give you like, well, I did this worship forever thing. I went back and recut the worship record that was actually released on nine 11. And I, I wanted to do it with all orchestra, no wow. rhythm section, but I would play these things and go tired. This is what I'm hearing. Mm. Can you just embellish that? Can, just what would you what would you do to further this crazy good idea? I think that I've got, yes. and then and then he goes and like makes it like twenty times better. Oh, just going, that has that got to be I can't, so amazing. It's amazing. It's, inc- it's incredible. I mean, it yeah. makes you it makes you cry. Yeah, I mean the tension. Just, the th- oh. What he did, I'm going. Oh my gosh, I'm sitting there crying in front of my computer. I'm going, that's unbelievable. And I, you know what? I don't. And I didn't teach him any of that. I mean, I know mm-hmm. he watched me play. I know he watched me growing up and right. all the stuff I did, you know. So, yeah. But he pretty much schooled himself and, you know, I'm just proud of him, you know. So, yeah, it's fu- it, it is fun to play your kids stuff and going, give me your honest opinion. I mean, do you yeah, like it? Do you I can't hate imagine. It? Yeah. I can't imagine. So, so, cool. so one of the things that we don't, you know, that's so fun about having you on um, as a dad who's got adult kids, which. I'm so fascinated by this because, um, you know, we're not there yet. And it's fun to kind of hear people speak to their experiences. What do you, um, well, let me say this. One of the things that I think is really interesting as I've gotten older is it it seems like a lot of times um, you have an adult kid that's sort of like in that 21 to 25 as they're really starting to pull apart. Like, you know, they're really, really like they're in the world now. They're gone. They're out there living. Um, it seems like that is a time that's very sort of rife with, I need to sort of sit down with you and talk about some things I've learned that may be, that may be tricky with you and I, or like now that I've differentiated, here's some things that are a little tough with how we interact or, um, and I think that can go really great. It can also go bad. It can go middle, but have, have you seen that at all with your kids? And, And I'm not saying in a dramatic way, but these ways that they've sort of gone, you know. I think we do better if we do like this instead of how we've always done this. You know, it's, it's, it's so consistent in my adult friends who are my age, where it seems like so many of us had little moments where you had to kind of go back home and go, Hey, I love you. But as the kid who's, you know, I'm a little smarter than I was. And I think 
I would rather this go like this. It helps me a lot more. Mm-hmm. And I know that may be not native to how you parented me, but this is kind of where I am. And this is, this is, you, have you seen that with your kids at all? Have there been any versions of that where it's like, as they've sort of come back home as an adult, like you ha- sort of have to move some things around in your relationship so that they, with grown kids, because it's just a different dynamic, you know? Yeah. You know what? Honestly, Dave, I don't think not a whole lot mm. of that, honestly. Um, wow. I mean, you have to, you know, it's a whole different dynamic when they find their spouse. Yeah. Especially yeah. when your yeah. girls get married, they find they marry these guys, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I'm sort of in the picture and kind of not in the picture. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, right. Right. Which is hard. Man. Yeah. It's really, yeah. really yeah. hard, you know, yeah. but it's just, it's just life. It's just what happens. Yeah. You know, you have yeah. to, you have to release yes. your kid. You have to release them and go on God. Yep. I tried and I hopefully yeah. I made, yeah. I made, yes. uh, I, I, I did more good than not, you know, but yeah. here they are and you just, and you just have, you have to let them go. And that's yeah. tough, you know, maybe there's been some conversations maybe there's been some things where you've had to maybe readjust a little bit um but nothing really major honestly yeah um yeah that's great yeah i think that which which i think speaks to y'all's um presence of mind while they were younger i I do think you know that there is something so powerful about being intentional as they're growing up that i think can relieve some of that later yeah i agree with that you know well, one of the, I think one of the, um, you know, if, if we like distill, you know, like life down to like a couple big moments, right. I think a moment that I never gave any thought to until recent years is mm-hmm. that transition where your kids are going to leave the house. Right. And you become empty nesters. And I think in the last, you know, just couple years, uh, you know, it's something that like on most days I, I think about as a day I'm dreading, like I want, it is going by so fast. I want it to slow down and, you know, maybe on like a, you know, a rough day, I look at it with a little more, you know, a little more fondly. I'm like <laughs> a quiet house will be, will be nice. But, but I, I, you know, I really see it as like, that's a really big transition for you as a parent, but also your marriage. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a big transition, right? How, how did that, you guys seem to have navigated that very well. How did, how, what was that like for you guys? Well, yeah, especially when the last one left, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, you truly were empty nesters at that point, you know, yeah. um, you know what it's, it, what, you know, you hear, you, you hear stories when that happens, it gets really tough on a marriage, you know, it, it never was that for us. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't know why, it just wasn't it, you know, other than just, yeah, you have to readjust and obviously, you know, what you're doing on a daily basis with your kids and all of a sudden that's gone, you know, so it's probably more of a transition for my wife, really, probably. Right, right. Because uh, we're the breadwinners and we're, we keep doing what we're doing. And, but I think probably just the, the, there was, there was a bit of a sadness really to it mm-hmm. and working through that. It's a, this is the new norm. Mm-hmm. And how do you adjust to the new norm? Mm-hmm. when um it just it is what it is you know so um but thankfully we didn't hit some crazy 
you know, crazy wall where going, oh, I'm not sure I know who you are anymore. Like, yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. It just never happened. So, so, so what do you think, like, you know, for those of us who are, who are behind you in that journey, do you have any wisdom to why you think y'all transitioned so well? My guess is that it's your, your focus on being a good husband. I mean, it sounds like from the very beginning, you just, you want to be a good husband. Yeah. You know you what? Know? It's all about, it's just, it's, um, dying to yourself. You know? What does that mean? Um, <laughs> I've been Tell trying to more explain about that. this to Dave. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. it seems it could be a lot, life would be a lot easier just, just being single, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then you marry somebody and you yeah. make this commitment going, I'm going to love you for the rest mm. of my life and I'm going to love mm. you more than I'm going to love myself. Mm. So there's, there's this whole thing of just serving each other, just... I just feel like that's what Deb and I have done our whole lives, trying to do it better. And then sometimes you blow it and go, gosh, right. I never said that. And I should have never yeah. done that. And we've always been quick to forgive, never sort of go to bed and let the sun go down while we're still angry. We just never did it. Even if it was her fault, I was going, I'm sorry, I blew it. You know, it's kind of yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah. just clear the air and make it right. And hmm. what's that like for it to be her fault? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more about that. <laughs> Uh, well, I thought that was it, biblically it, it, it's, wrong. It's kind, of, it's kind of nice every once in a while when, you know, because I'm the one that's always blowing it. Oh, yes, yes, uh, yes, 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 yes. No, she, she's just, you know, I, she's always been good about, you know what, I should have, <clears throat> I said that, didn't mean to say it that way. I feel like I hurt your feelings and, mm, yeah, you know, so, and then as you get older, you, you, you I, I think you get wiser and then you go, when they, when d things do happen, you know, that was never, really never intentional. Mm -hmm. you know and that's a different thing if it's intentional yeah yeah but that's a whole other ball game when i'm trying to hurt you or you're trying to hurt me yeah that's not that's simply not the case with us yeah mm. yeah that's amazing um so so first of all thank you again so much for your oh you know what i want to ask you actually i'm so glad to remember this i had this as a note so in your book because I, I wanted you to have a chance to talk about that the way of your father the way of the father lessons from my dad trees by god this is something I wanted to ask him. So glad I remember this. What are some things when we're talking about your kids and your parenting? I'm really interested in this. What are some of the things that you felt like you learned from your dad that you passed on to your kids? Like, were there things that you sort of realized like, oh, you know, that's something my dad used to tell me or something that was my dad would do that I'm doing now with my kids? Yeah. <clears throat> I think it was just my dad's sense of humor. He, really? He, he was the kindest. He was the kindest man I'd ever known in my life who hadn't been my wow. dad. Wow. He was just caught. He laughed every day. He laughed every day. He smiled every day. And he sort of had nicknames for everybody, you know, kind of that. And he came from that great generation. You know, if you yeah, were sick, yeah. you went to work, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you went to work. <laughs> I usually from stage go, you know, my dad came from that great generation. You know, when you're sick, you went to work. <laughs> you know, so it's just, and then I, and I find myself doing these things like my dad like i wave at everybody <laughs> my dad waves he just he, and if he didn't know who they were he'd go hey old buddy hey old buddy and even driving down the street you know i'm i'm driving out of my neighborhood uh, and these cars coming they're probably coming in to work in the neighborhood going, hey how you doing? hey what's going on? i love it i love <laughs> that's that. amazing and that I was my that. and my dad did that his whole and so i find and then i find myself just my mannerisms of 
you know, and then, and then honestly, I think my kids have picked up on some of that, both from my dad and my mom, you know, so my mom just went to heaven just back in July, my dad five and a half years ago. And Mm -hmm. it's just a really interesting transition and trying to sort of, because, because my mom and dad were such a huge, huge part of my whole family because Mm -hmm. they're just of who they are, who they were and who they, Mm -hmm. who they could obviously continue to be. But, Mm -hmm. uh, game changer so that Mimi and granddaddy so they had a huge impact on my kids lives yeah. matter of fact in, be, in being in that house where we spent 24 years after they moved from west virginia you know uh I, i'm in that house two days ago and going to be in it again today with hmm. 45 people on a film set filming in my mom and dad's house my son's cutting filmed the movie in oxford for two months and then there's five days of shooting and these three days are in my mom and dad's house Good. Oh, and they're gross. not there anymore so it's so so wild being in there and just the memories because yeah. you feel like the walls are speaking you know right it's like whoa and i was gonna say what is it like when you do reese when, when you're putting that book together sort of spelunking that space again you know, that emotional space and your memories like as you're writing this book what is that like are you reliving and are you remembering different things or there's things that you're sort of like, I can't imagine how, um, how that must feel re remembering all that. Yeah. Stuff. And you know, and I'd forgotten a lot of it, you know, and, and then I, I had this great writer who helped me really pull it together. Is this what that's, I, I'm sure not a ghostwriter is not what you should call them, but this guy was amazing and he would mm. probe me and he had probably, but what do you remember at that baseball game? What happened? To, mm. what, 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 how did your dad react? And I go, Oh my, oh my gosh, I remember. Oh my yes. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Or, and this is what happened. And so it, it's amazing how quick my memory came back of remembering all the details yeah. of my dad fathering me especially Gosh. on the baseball field. Cause that was our mm. thing. Every mm. single day we were on the baseball field. And wow. so I learned a lot from him, um, in that dugout and yeah. Yeah, yeah. on the field every day. And then obviously when I <clears throat> didn't make the all-stars and decided to become this musician, mm. he became my PR agent <laughs> <laughs> and told everybody how great I was everywhere we yes. went, which was embarrassing. I know that life. I know that life. Uh, dad, well. Come on, dad, you don't have to, he said, well, son, you're the best. Well, yeah, you're my dad. That's oh, what he's saying. Oh, he'd that's say so sweet. He'd I say love that, that to everybody. He's like, oh, dad, dad. It's like, yeah, whatever. He's like, but, Michael, look, there's a piano over there. Why don't you play something for your friends? Like, dad, please. <laughs> my gosh. I love that. Oh, uh, my dad is in the, he started to do that thing where like he'll text me and be like, looks like sales are going well in Knoxville. I'm like, why? And he's, cause he's on their site, like looking at the open seating chart. He's like, oh, good. <laughs> oh, I'm like, it. wow, we have graduated to it. There you go. But he's that's absolutely what, my best PR. That's what dads do. That's what dads do. And I'm sure I will do that immediately after yeah. our kids are that old. So, um, Couple questions we ask before we um, before we let everybody go. I want to ask you one of these, but I need to just add a couple more music thoughts. One, I told you, I told you this is going to happen. One, the fact that Rocket Town is in uh, three four always messes with my brain. Do you count that as six or do you count it as three? Uh, you could do both. I've kind of, I, I probably counted it in six, maybe. Okay. Um, it really messes with my brain. And the way that you break that, especially is it at the end of the course where you do, it sounds like five sort of, that is always throwing me off. Yeah. But it's still three. It's, um, yeah. What did I, what key did I play it in? Was it a, I think it was a, and then it was like a C over F and then a E minor uh, seven with a four. And then 
D minor seven with a four, and then E sus, then back yes. to A. And that was that was in, and then obviously he hit the course, and then we're in four. See that? Yes. yes, it it always that always always geeks me out. I get so geeked on that. And then last, I have to say, live and learn. I'm gonna say it, John. Top ten baselines of all time. Was that Tommy's line, or was that something y'all? That, did you have that? That was oh. that was Tommy. I mean, dude. Is he Genius. the greatest bass player? He's incredible. Time? Yeah, I think I might have had an idea, but I, he took it to like a. He said, "Hey, hey, cuz." Yeah, yes, hey, cuz. Right. He calls me Smithsonian. I call, I call him, I call, I call him cuz, but he calls me cuz. What do you yes. think about this? Oh, that yeah, bass line is so, so great. It's so great. Oh, dude, it's so, so good. I miss it's playing so that song. I wish I could play God. all those songs. I don't Gosh, to, man. I don't get to play oh. much of that stuff. But Well, when we um, get you to come play in our backyard, it's going to happen. Yeah, we're going to have a jam um, session. Come on. <laughs> dude, don't say that. Don't oh, say that. Oh, man. Don't. We <laughs> have him <laughs> recorded saying it. Come on. I love it. <clears throat> oh, my gosh. So, uh, question one. Um, uh, I just got so distracted. I have to find this again. It. Please forgive me. I totally forgot this because I got so excited. Okay. What is the one thing you want your kids to know? That they're loved. Mm. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's good. And last question. What do you want your kids to say at your funeral? Oh, wow. Huh. Uh, well, I would hope that they would say that uh, my dad was the best dad. But uh, 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 I would say he was the best dad ever, probably something like mm. that. I mean, that's mm. what you hope they would say. Yeah, right. yeah, right. That he not was only my dad, but he was my he was my friend, and he cheered mm. me on from day one. Those, those kind mm. of things, you know. Mm. So yeah. um, I always say, if you had to, put, if I had, if it's all true. If I, they had to put something on my tombstone, it would be he that he loved his wife and kids well, you know, mm. that sort of thing. I love that. So, but, you yeah. know, because that's legacy. What's your what's your legacy yeah. going to be? You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. and these are kind of the. I mean, you hope your your the songs will have some legacy, and they're, mm. hopefully they were game changers for people. But they're gonna they're gonna kind of go back and go, what kind of what, really what yeah. kind of guy was he really like? Mm -hmm. and, yeah, and and um, and. and, and sort of look at the family and just that I think sometimes that can attest to kind of what kind of legacy that you're right you're having and not that not that every and obviously everybody's got probably I got great people who are great people who are kids who are sort of falling off the cliff and you know so there's a mm. lot of it's, it's complicated and it's not always mm. an easy answer but I do think this is a crazy thing and I'll say this is a weird thing to say but I just I, I this can it tell you a little bit about Debbie I remember being friends with the Bushes, and we were Mrs. Bush, you know, obviously passed away two, three years ago. She, we loved her and her and number 41. But she would, we'd go on these vacations together, whatever, long story. We'd be in a room together, I'd play, and Mrs. Bush would come up going, Michael, I wish you could see Debbie mm. looking at you oh. when you were playing. And so she had this, she was observing just going, and there's mm. just this twinkle in my Debbie's mm. eyes. that's just going, I love that guy, mm. you know? Gosh. And so, but I don't think that she could love me that way unless she was well loved by me. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I didn't yeah. need to get into all that, but whatever. Yeah. It just, that's great. You yeah. know, one of the things that I've never thought about um, ever, I've never thought about this. This is, this is true in the 20 years I've done this career 
as you were talking about that, it's got to be interesting when we pass and our kids still have our music. Like, I haven't thought about that. Like, yeah. that has got to be such a weird, wonderful, bizarre thing that, that, like, so many other people will pass. And sure, you have maybe letters they wrote or, you know, videos. But we're le- you, to, your, to your point about legacy, Michael, it's like we're leaving not just what they remember, but all of these hundreds of little moments yeah. that at any point they can go listen to. It's yeah. got that has got to be such a I've never thought about that. That's got to be such an interesting thing as a child of a musician to have this access to them as much as you want it. And I hope that's good, but if it's bad or whatever happens, but that, I've just never thought about that with my kids that you know after I'm gone there'll still be all of this information that I've put into the world about myself and how I feel about things that they can have access to. And they're going to watch and they're going to watch your videos, bro. Hopefully not. That's my prayers. <laughs> I'm actually going to put well, that we in my are, will. We are huge fans. My kids, what, have you seen the new Dave Barnes video? Oh, dude. And I, I think there was a little throwback to friends sunk. in one of those, I think. There was. There yeah, was, there I is. love that. There is. Um, well, th- thank you so much for your time. Thank You're you. So- are you? Are you? Are you hitting the road anytime soon? Anything that you got to tell the people? I'm on, about a, I'm on, I'm on a sabbatical. And oh, that's right. Oh, nice. So uh, I, my first show is not till the middle of April, and so I'm, okay. I've spent a lot of time on my farm, which I love. Uh, being doing a lot of solitude, which is hard for mm. me sometimes, but I'm really trying to sort of be still. But I'm actually writing a bunch of crazy stuff so i'm excited about that as well so yeah that's great so looking good, for some good, co-writers good good, good. <clears throat> i'll be over in about 20 <laughs> minutes yeah right that's what the map says so. uh well thank you so much again i can't You're tell welcome. you how much i yeah. love you and your music and have so much respect for you and everything you do so thank you for being on well thanks, thanks for having me appreciate you guys it's been great thank you Deadly.